Welcome to another episode of Brain Boom with your host, Matt West, where we empower founders to rethink their mental health and business with candid stories from founders and entrepreneurs. Mario Armstrong. Oh man, Matt, Mario Armstrong is a person that roots for the underdog. I'm like the advocate for the people that are dreaming, the people that believe in themselves, the people that don't have support systems and support structures, but they see something, they feel something, they know something about them is for greater, greater give back, greater impact, greater things beyond what they're currently doing, or they're currently working on that thing and they just, they're on an island of one and they feel like no one else really gets their vision or they got dream killers that are surrounding them and they need to find themselves a community, a person, an advocate. So I, you know, my job and my role is really to help people identify exactly what you're passionate about. But then once you know that passion, figure out and help you understand how to hustle on that in a mindful way, but do it also in a way that makes you successful. And uh, that's, that's really what at the core, what Mario Armstrong is about. And I kind of live this never settle hustle mindfully mentality that we've kind of put into our brand and who we represent and what we're all about. So at the end of the day, I wanna see more people live life to their fullest, and I wanna see more people get their dreams realized. And if what we've been through, the good and the bad, the successes and the bankruptcy, the, the Emmys and, and failing, um, if all of those things can come around to really help people grow and proceed, pursue their things and be successful, then we've done our job. And, and I love how you put that, the hustle mindfully concept. And tell me a little bit more about how the Never Settle show was conceived and why it was a great time to get that project started. Well, you know, it's always a good time to get any project started when you feel like there is a problem that you actually can solve. And so a lot of times we romanticize or we get really excited about the ideas that we have. And that's cool. We got to have passion. We got to have energy. We got to really believe in it because who else will if we don't? But we also need to make sure like, does this solve a problem and for who and what way, how does it solve that problem? So for us, there were two different things that were happening. One is we were watching a lot of shows, be it on cable or on the web that were really just based out of entertainment or reality type show program. And a lot of that reality show programming is really negative. If you think about it, it's really nothing of value. There, it's nothing productive. People are watching it for whatever escapism and I don't judge people for watching it. That's fine. But when you take your idea, to a network, which we did, I was already on NBC. I was already doing stuff on the Today Show. I was already like a figure on national television. So I'm taking my pilot, I'm taking my idea to these connections I already have in that industry. And they're like, eh, nobody's really interested in feel good um, TV or nobody's really interested in a web series that's really gonna help level people up. Nobody's really interested in helping young people figure out how to um, side hustle smarter or how to turn that side hustle into their main gig or how to create a, uh, how to create an income based off of different side hustles. They're like, ah, nobody really cares about that. So we're like, you're out of touch. You're on the 30th floor. You have no idea what people are dealing with on the street. And so that was a sign for us to say, you know what? The problem that we're trying to solve is that the networks don't see that this market or these people need this information. So we're not going to be able to rely on them for the distribution to get it out there. So do we really believe in it? And do people feel like 
it would really be useful for them. So then we test the pilot, we send the pilot around, we get it, we threw it out in some surveys, we get people to respond to it. We find out there really is an appetite. We do our own stuff on Instagram. We do our own stuff on Periscope when it was out. You like do all these little tests and trials to kind of make sure like, will we have a customer base? And the answer was yes. So then we knew like, okay, we got to build this ourselves. So what the problem that we were really solving is the fact that there's no long form content. There's a bunch of short stuff, but there's no long form content that's shot in a way that is speaking to millennials and Gen Z on how they can go about pursuing their thing and actually make it happen. So that's the problem that we were trying to solve and give people a show that would give them mentorship, advice, and a community on topics that they need to overcome uh, in a way that would be entertaining and fun and exciting and deliver solid advice for them to be able to move forward. And I, I love how you put that, that that is truly inspiring because I, I feel like there, that gap is there and it, it definitely solves, solves that problem. Now, yeah. Mario, share with me a memorable challenge that you were faced with as you were building out this, this concept. I, you kind of alluded to it in terms of the networks not really buying in into that concept, but can you kind of go deeper and, and share what was a memorable challenge that you were faced with? Yeah, that, that's a great question because, you know, you only fail if you don't try and you only fail if you don't learn from trying. So first and foremost, like failure is not in my vocabulary and failure shouldn't be in any of your listeners' vocabulary. It's a thing that we romanticize. It's a thing that's been put out there. And it's a thing that makes us be fearful of trying things that really push us to the uncomfortable edges which is where progress is, which is where we really get explosive when we get to those edges of uncomfortableness. But to, to us, when we were trying to do this project, I was like, even if it doesn't work the way we envision it, as long as we're doing something and we're trying, then that's, that's a win. And then if it doesn't fully work, then we'll learn from what didn't work. So in this case, to answer your question, one of the most memorable things is once we decided we were actually going to do the show, and figure out how to get sponsors, figure out how to put it on our credit cards, figure out how to invest in it ourselves. Like once we got to that point and we started hiring people and all that stuff, we didn't have a set. We didn't have a studio. Like this show was designed to be shot with four, five, six cameras. Not like two cameras where you could just sit it in a corner in a studio with a desk. This has got a live studio audience of 45 people in studio it's got a lot of things happening. There's a big, you know, there's, there, there was like this big idea of how to make this show really be something different. And so we have all these moving parts and we had no studio because the studios cost $300,000 for like a week's worth of shooting. So what we did is I remember calling around to tech companies that had like these big lobbies. And I was like, hey, look, if we come in and shoot our show, can you let us use your lobby once a week? from like 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. once a week, use your lobby. We'll build up our set inside of your lobby and then we'll break it down the same night. You won't even know we were there and we'll give you a shout out in the show in exchange for that. And after a couple of calls, man, we finally found somebody that actually was just like, yeah, we'll give that a shot. <laughs> and so that's how we actually got started. The reason why I'm making, saying this is because if you see what we're doing now, that's not the studio that we were first in. What you see now, now that we're on season two and season three, what you'll see now is you'll see us in Times Square. You'll see us with a hundred foot wall full of video screens behind me. You see an elaborate studio. You see like major cameras and major production. We were never there. I was in a wooded lobby with 10 chairs, 10, like fold up 10 chairs. People would sit on them and we made that work. 
So all I'm trying to say is starts don't have to be pretty, but you do have to start. And that's probably the most memorable thing that I remember from that, other than when they told us, when the networks told me no. And when we went around to a couple of places and they were, and they were just like dissing the idea, that will always stick with me forever. I love it. I love it. And, and let me ask you this, Mario, what piece of advice would you share to yourself prior to getting this product off and launched? That's a great question. The advice that I would share with myself um, prior to getting this launched. Whew, there's so many things that come to mind, man. So many things that come to mind. Um, it's not the last sentence that finishes the book. It's, it's, it's all the sentences that were written before that. So, so for me, what that means to me is like, Mario, it's okay that you aren't at the last sentence. You aren't at the destination. You're fighting and you're pushing to get to the destination. But what's important is like all of these steps that you think are in the way are actually things that are helping build you up. And if you're smart, Mario, what you're going to do is once a week, which is what we do now, once a week on Sundays, you actually re reflect and you reflect on that past week and you do an exercise. We do an exercise as our team called the three wins. And you got to reflect on your week to see what three things that you went at last week because we're wired to remember what we didn't get done or we're wired to think about the big road in front of us and what still has to be accomplished, but we're quick to forget how we even got to where we are. And if you can use that momentum, then it can help build you. So I think I would just tell myself, yo, you're writing sentences right now in this book, in this journey, in this chapter, stop trying to get to the last sentence. This journey is going to be consistent because by the way, once you get the TV show, then what are you done? No, you're not done. You're going to start a new chapter. What are you going to do next? So I think I would just say, enjoy. Um, keep fighting for what you believe in. Uh, have a little patience. But don't get hung up on the, on the end. And I think you put that perfectly in terms of knowing that it's going to take work that is not only difficult, but smart and also making sure that you have the endurance, the patience to continuously focus on what it is you want. I, I, I love it. That's a great summary, man, because that's the hardest thing. People out there that you're listening to this, Matt's doing you a heck of a service by providing all these interviews, giving you this insight in these short bursts. And the biggest thing that I would want you to take away, hopefully you took several things, but if there's one that word you just brought up, Matt, that's the killer word of the day, man, really resilience. And the only way you get to build your muscle of resilience is by actually doing stuff and then it possibly not working out. People that don't build up resilience are used to always winning. But the minute they fail once, it seems like devastation to them. But if you're a person that's tried and failed and tried and learned and tried and learned and tried and you are building up that resilience and there's no other way to build it other than to just go out there and do what you believe you should be doing and try to get advice and mentorship from people like myself.